It's the Tillcast, episode 563. It's our Baldur's Gate 3 spoiler cast. And this week, guys, we do just that. Talk everything Baldur's Gate from Act 1 through Act 3. Currently. All the differences in our playthroughs and our endings. Stay tuned. Romance the Beast. I got it on my face. It's all over my face. Mine got stuck. It's a tilt cast. And we're back. It's uh, October 22nd at about 3.31 Central Time. A balmy 81 degrees. It's 48 Ugh. here. Woo-hoo. It's an M-rated show. I'm Nas. Oh, fuck you, Northerner. I'm Jason. I am Rusty. And this week's different than our normal thing, so I'm not going to say all the normal things. Um, warning, right now, we're not even a minute in. We're just going to talk about Baldur's Gate. This is no holds barred. There is This is 100% non-spoiler free. This is all spoiler. It is a spoiler cast. We uh, have been holding on to this in our hearts for too long, and now we finally would like to speak about it as Jason has spent a good portion of the last two months playing it and finally beating it this week. And then I beat it in August, and Rusty beat it, like, what, three weeks ago? I beat it last night. I mean, yeah, I beat it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're talking well, Yeah, we're talking about Walter's Gate. Got it. All right. Um, yeah, and I completed it this week. So. Finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you don't know what to play. Really- and now you don't know what to play, do you? Mm-hmm. Because nothing else is as good as Baldur's Gate this year. I mean... It really is. Kind of, yeah. That's just uh, that's just the sad that, truth of things. That's just our humble opinions and I mean you know Alan the opinion Wake- of most of the mass media out there. Just saying. It, you know, mass media can be right sometimes. It, it's like hard to deny like how good that game is. Um besides it's it's a minor miracle, right? Larian put out Divinity Two, which you've never played that. That's also an excellent game. Um, uses a lot of similar mechanics, not the same kind of dice roll that you get in Baldur's Gate, but similar chance to hit, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think they thought that people were ready for an isometric RPG, or I say the world didn't know that it was ready for that. I've uh, got a whole new generation of gamers that haven't played a lot of those, right? And if you're looking for others that play... You got Game Pass, you can pay, play Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2, which are also excellent. Not as good as Pillars of Eternity. It is like older Baldur's Gate in that it is pause time combat. So instead of you having a turn or rolling dice or anything like that, does the dice roll in the background. And just like Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, you queue up actions by hitting the space bar or whatever the button is on the controller to pause time. You go through and queue commands for everybody, and then you kind of keep an eye on their cast bars to know when they've shot something off, or you look at the combat dialogue um, to see when things have happened, and then you queue, pause and queue up more actions. Uh, and I think you can even control and then queue up like one or two or three additional actions at a time, but everything moves in real time. Now, if you want to play a game that sim, if you play Pillars of Eternity 2, which you do not have to play 1 to play 2, um, they have a real-time pause battle thing, or not real-time, they have a turn-based battle system that they built into it about a year after the game released, just due to popular demand. And 
it's pretty good, but you can tell that the environments are not set up for that. Um, Baldur's Gate kind of set up a lot of their battles in places that had destructible environments for you to have elemental advantage. And uh, Pillars isn't built that way. Like You can use the environment to it a little bit, but you can't throw people um, the same way that you can. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you can't throw people in Pillars. Um, mm. And I will say uh, that there's actually... I don't remember being able to do so. But if you're just itching for something that you can get without paying a lot, like Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2 are on Game Pass. And other games, and you'll notice I'm just pimping the hell out of Obsidian because they're also a fantastic RPG company. You know, the the writers and directors sponsored, I say sponsored, uh, produced by Bethesda for Fallout New Vegas are have some shops. Um, Tyranny is another one they made where it was play the evil guy, which is actually surprisingly good and has some weird combo systems that you have with other people. So I'm glad that the world was ready for Baldur's Gate and that somehow it just made it out and people wanted some a really fucking hardcore RPG to play. And it met all of those requirements and ticked all those boxes and had all the other things that nobody would have thought of built into the game. Well, and I'm also thankful that um, Wyrian did the right thing, delayed the game that extra year, and polished it. I mean, realistically, the fact that it came out without any major bugs or... Needing a heavy amount of modding to to make it enjoyable is it had just bugs. a highlight. Yeah, it some... had bugs. I'm I'm going. Oh, it I'm had go bugs. I'm say... not saying it was bug free. I said major game breaking bugs. Okay. Well, there was at least one. For the I most, fix it very quickly though. <clears throat> For the most part, though, they got all that stuff out of the way in the systems. Um, an early access, which again, I I played it. I borrowed it for my friend to play for a weekend and put in about ten hours. And I was like, you know what, this isn't bad. I hope it's pretty good. But the story is what ties it all together. I thought, you know, hey, the combat system's good, but I didn't really have a lot of direction. The early access as to kind of what to do, or had a good sense of what was going on because it's just chapter one and part of chapter one. It was the whole map of Chapter 1 without a lot of the nuance and direction that the game gives you with the story. And so it was a really stripped-down version of the game. So at that time, I was like, yeah, it'll be like, you know, tilt cast 4 out of 5, you know. It's got good It's got good bones. If the story holds up, it'll hold a 4.5. If the story sucks, then it'll be like a 3.5 out of 5. And then it came out, and then we all started playing it, and then it kind of sucked all of us in. What was your final hour count, Jason? Uh, I think you had the 130 most. 130 hours. Yeah. Rusty, did, what did you put it into was, it? Uh, for me, it was 152. I only put in 103, but I didn't redo but like two battles. I was able to one-shot almost all the battles. Well, they, uh, I spent a lot of time um, exploring. I did, too. I explored as much as I thought I could. I went through every nook and cranny that I thought. What I didn't do is I didn't talk to every single person in Baldur's Gate, but I didn't have any quests that showed unfinished or missed or whatever by the end of the game. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, that's because I didn't explore the, every romance option either. I just, you, you know, know, you're not going to, you're not going to, and this is why I found out while playing Act Three, um, is that you're not going to affect the ending of the game by not talking to every single NPC and getting every single little fetchy side quest you can. You know, I'm just going to, um, I'm going to throw this out here because we haven't been able to talk about it for a really long time. How did you guys treat your parasite? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. actually, hang on. All right. Yeah. Let's do that. And then we'll just, we just, we can just beginning. go ahead. We can kind of go all over the place. It's okay. All right. It's the question I've been wanting to ask for months now and nobody's been able to talk about. Did any of you guys take the bite? I did not actually take the astral, um, uh, the astral parasite. I only upgraded the, uh, let's see, I only upgraded my parasite by accident, and I didn't use any parasites at all on any of my characters. That's interesting. Did you do it at all, Jason? I used several of them. To upgrade powers for, um, for myself and Asterion, uh, because he seemed to be the most receptive companion to it. Um, I, but I did not take the astral, so I did not take that step closer towards becoming a mind flayer myself. It's interesting. I. The one thing that I wasn't so keen on is I was really getting into the relationship with your God, right? At the beginning. Mm -hmm. And at the end of Act 2, it reveals, you know, they reveal it to be a mind flare. And that threw me off and kind of pissed me off. <laughs> like, oh. honestly, it did. And when that happened, I was like, well, nothing's real. Fuck it. And I just went full. And I never turned into a mind flare. Okay, so... I went there's... full Sith, basically, into it. I had almost every point filled out on my main character. And he looks... So, you know, like in Knights of the Old Republic 2, how you become more Sith, you look, you know, more grody and yeah. kind of rotten. It does the same thing to your character when you go past that point. He looks a lot more grody, right? Kind of ghoulish. Kind of, well, yeah, because it's a partial transformation, right? The yeah. astral one doesn't take you full mind flare. It just kind of makes you like a takes you to a halfway point, right? Basically. And you would get to. I'd find the parasites in rooms, you know, because you'd hit like control or whatever to examine the room, and I'd see one, and I'd just wait till they were gone, and I'd just steal it, right? Like any right. opportunity that I found one, I would steal it, or any opportunity I found where somebody had one, I'd find a way to get it out of them. And I got so many points. Now, the only people that I got in the party to become as hardcore as me was me, Shadowheart, uh, and Asterion. And I got, I think I got one other character to join. Um, uh, what was the warlock's name? Oh. Um, oh. Um, Will. Will. Yeah. So the four of us became like as illithid as we could be. And then nobody else. I didn't want to share the points because it's a limited amount of those parasites, right? You can't make your whole team full power with it. So 
I didn't convince anybody else. Um, Shadowheart was particularly hard to convince, to be honest with you. Um, she just looked like a, you know, uh, a hot goth girlfriend at that point, right? Because it <laughs> gave her extra, like, dark mm -hmm. eyeshadow. Um, and everybody just looked grody together. It kind of looked like a pack of goths. And at the end, and this is, everybody becomes whole again because the illithid's gone. So, well, I guess it depends on how you end it. But in my case, the, the whole thing was resolved, right? And I'll go into that more later. But I lost all my illithid powers. I lost the transformation. My character became normal again at the end of the game, and it resolved itself. <laughs> so I was no longer half illithid. Of course. So you can have that. I don't know how it affects the game. If you do, uh, if you don't, but I know that I had almost no consequence, which I thought was kind of like a missed opportunity, if you want me to be honest. Well, and it could be depending well, on my choices. I don't know. So, like, towards the end of the game, right, you're in Act 3 and you have the quest line. What's the, the Gith Yankees chick's name? Uh, Lizelle. Lizelle. So, she has, she's really hardcore about breaking out the, it's the battle priest or something like that. Prince. The prince, right? The prince. Yeah. yeah it's been a minute. So she's really hardcore about breaking out the prince. And like you have the, all these choices about how you can go about that. You can basically kind of sell your soul to the devil, to Raphael, in order to do that, which I didn't want to do because I thought he was a douchebag. Um, or you could find a way to steal it. And so I entered into Raphael's domain in order to steal it from him and then had to face Raphael, right? And then you have the opportunity if you've got high charisma, a.k.a. sorcerer, right, um, had max charisma, was able to charm one of his demon buddies to help me out in that fight. And that's yeah. the fight that was the hardest in the game for me. And I think it took me three attempts. That one uh, was... Yeah. That, that, was, that was tough. That was, a, that was a rough battle, but I only, uh, but I only had to do it twice. The first time... Um, I didn't want the chick that you saved to be dead, and so right. she First died. Time I lost her, and I started over. Because you went, you basically went to hell, and then you find this girl that you can save, and then you know my white knight tendency was like, I gotta save her. Well, you, you find know. hope. Yeah, you, her, her name's literally Hope. hope. <laughs> yeah, you gotta break hope out. You gotta yeah. break hope out of hell for crying out loud. Well, right. I mean, it it is called Hope House, so there you go. Yeah. I mean, um. So I ended up, that fight was extremely hard. However, by the time I got to that fight, I have both my, my character, a sorcerer, and um, uh, Shadowheart and Gale all powered up enough. I went ahead and switched Asterion out for Gale uh, right before going in there because I figured there was going to be a lot of ads. And I could really turn it into a distance fight. Um, so magic mistles and chromatic orbs were just spraying all over the place. And I ended up beating that fight on the first go, including saving hope. Um, but it was only because I was like level. God, was I? 
13 or was I 14 level, when I went like into a, it? He only goes up to level 12. Okay, yeah. So I was already maxed out by the time I went in there. Uh, so, like, the last several hours of the game, I basically played it at max level, which, to be honest, if I went in with two spell ca- casters, kind of made everything easy because I could just hit everything at range. Speaking of... And I had... And I had several items that would give casters their spell slots back. So, you know, yes, I did a lot of long rests at the end of the game just to recharge those items and keep going. But, I mean. Well, I'm going to rely on your your identic memory here. Um, What was the name of the... uh, So you have three basic bosses, right? You got the necromancer and then you got the dude that's the false duke. Um, and then you got the murderous asshole that's in the sewers. What was the false duke's name? Uh, I start with a G. I thought you'd no, it's not Gareth. Hang on, <laughs> Gareth. Gareth. <laughs> Who's Gareth? Um, wow. Uh, so, anyways, the the dude that's in the castle that took over for the duke, right? Mm-hmm. Did you guys figure out that you could pick up the grenades? So there's grenade. There's an explosive that gets tossed out in that fight. Oh yeah, yeah, I got, I got, I, yes, I, I, Gortash, yes. Gortash, yeah, Gortash, that's, that's where Gareth right. came from. Gortash, yeah. So I figured out earlier on in that encounter because I went through the outside of the castle to get up there, mm-hmm. and I ran into people that had those bombs, and I got my shit wrecked a couple of times. And then I was like, I wonder if I can, like, I dropped something, right? So I went to go pick it up, and then I saw the pickup icon on the grenade before the mine before it exploded. It's like, I wonder if I can throw that. And so I started, I threw one, right? And of course, it exploded on the next turn before anything happened. Mm -hmm. And so I started just dogpiling those. When I got to his fight, every time one of those was tossed out, I tossed it at him and tossed it to where it would hit like the ads too. And I completed the entire fight without ever casting a spell. It was over in like four like four turns i did the same exact thing so when i first go into that area uh it basically time stops because you know the traps all go off at the same time right well you know one of the traps was like shoots a bunch of fucking grenades out there and then there's a bunch of people coming at me because you know they wanted to kill my face or whatever and it was it was like that it was a natural thought for me because I'm like, oh, there's a grenade on the ground. I'm gonna throw the grenade. So I run over with, uh, you know, with my character, my paladin. And like, if I if my paladin dies, you know, whatever, I can, you know, you could probably, you know, tank one of these things. And uh, I just tried the throw option on it, and lo and behold, that shit worked, and it worked perfectly. At first, I was just throwing them at the. Uh, at the traps to blow them, uh, blow up the traps, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna keep these things, you know, sh- you know, shooting them at me, and I'd throw the freaking grenades at the dudes that are like running at me, the you know, <laughs> and that made the fight super easy. So, oh my god, I get to the uh, the boss room where Gortash is, and there's another one of those traps. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna be simple. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, I want to say I cast haste on everybody so they got two turns. Yep. Oh, or drank yeah. speed potions because I was making and buying as many of those as possible. Yep. Um, and it was over in like four turns. Like the entire fight, like completely obliterated him. The easiest oh, yeah. boss in the entire game, honestly. Well, I mean, as well, soon as you realize as, that. As if you realize that part, yeah, it's the easiest boss in the whole game. And it should have been harder. And I wondered, could I have done this? Because you have the option to fight him earlier when you first meet him. And that was that kind of threw me off, right? You get into Act 3, and pretty quickly you get into his chambers, right? And you're like, he's one of the big bads. Should I fight him? And so I failed some kind of dumbness check, basically, and started to prompt that. And then I can't remember who, but like Shadowheart or somebody else is like, are you sure you want to do this? I was like, I have an escape. And the game's really prod me to not do this right now. I don't know that I want to finish the game right now. I'm only 80 hours in. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this off and see where this takes me. You want to know what I did? You know what happened at that point? At that moment, I didn't have Karlak in my party, and somebody said uh, Karlak really should be here for this. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm yeah, because she hates him without Karlak here. And yeah. Yeah. So, so I was like, I'm just going to play along right now. I hate everything about this dude, but I'm going to play along just because I wanted an op opportunity to have Carlac in the party. So I wonder I if she's in the party. Oh, I yeah. have both Carlac and Will in my party for that first meeting with Gortash. Are they just like... He wrecked his face. And then I had to restart the fight like four times because the steel watch fucking so that's my where, face several times. That's where you fought him? Yep. You fought him at the very beginning? At the ceremony. Wow. So you know you can wait. I waited 20 hours after that point to go fight him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally know. You can deactivate the steel watch so they're not even I, a part of that fight. I, oh, I totally know. That didn't keep me from just being like, "Yep, nope." I die. agree with I agree with these two. You're a fucking asshole, and you're dying right now. Wow, it did. Apparently, it didn't affect the rest of my gameplay because I still like walked around the city like, you know, nothing, nothing going on here. I didn't just kill your fucking newly. Crown leader, yada yada yada. Um, but uh, yeah, there that was, was uh, interesting. There's a random encounter in Baldur's Gate. It does I think that forces uh, Orin, yeah, the crazy crazy chick, yeah, worshiper ball, to come after you faster. I encountered her in the circus camp. Like, she was the first one I encountered, it's like, very early on, and I didn't realize, me and Rusty were talking about this, there's a little girl you meet in the refugee camp that's Orin, and she goes back to your base, right? And you keep finding these, like, bloody notes in your base when, after that happens, from Orin kind of prompting you, and eventually, she takes one of your characters captive. And, and in my case, it was, it's Lizelle, right? Lizelle. Yeah. 
Um, she captured Lizelle. And I was able to put that off for a while, and I just did side quests while she was captive, essentially. Um, and then finally went down, because I had figured out it somehow that she was in the sewers because I was going through the murders thing, right? And then you do the uh, hag encounter again, which that kind of caught me by surprise. Um, and I don't know if you guys ran into the hag encounter. Well, I'm, if there's many hours, I'm sure you guys did, but. Like that whole thing where oh, you've yeah. got the whole camp, uh, the house of people that have been affected by the hag. Um, yep. The hag encounter part two was not nearly as hard, honestly. The first time you run into the hag, that was a very difficult fight for me that I had to really think through. That was one that took me like two attempts. Um, and not going to lie, like I did watch a video. I was like, that, I feel like there's no way to win. And I realized you could throw invisibility on somebody and get them way in close to her so you had a melee damage dealer real close. I was like, oh, that's the way to do it. Because oh. I had one person, my sorcerer, casting magic missiles to hit all the, um, what do you call it, the reflections or whatever, right? Yeah. That are all one-hit shots to keep that pressure off of me. And then I had my melee damage dealer, which at that time was Lizelle, that I had like wreck and face on the hag. Along with Asterion backstabbing the fuck out of her. Well, um, for me, when I did that, I got um, both Asterion and oh, and uh, along Karlak with Fer that Silent Shield that you can cast with Shadow Heart pretty early on was the other thing I used. Oh to yeah. Um, when I did when I ran into the Hag, I all of course I had Karlak, etc. But I had. Uh, some boots I'd found that granted Misty Step. And I almost immediately put them on Carlac. Right, so she can just so, get the fuck over there. Yep. So uh I got I snuck a steering close to free the free the chick. Um which of course immediately triggers the fight, right? So I already had a steering fairly close to the hag. And then Carlock having Misty Step boots just got over there real quick, and that fight ended pretty quickly. On the first attempt? Yeah. Okay. So the first attempt is basically a timed fight because she... Sets no, the, uh, no, I'm sorry. I mean the second attempt down in... Down, down in the dungeon. Down in her dungeon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know that there's ways that you yeah. can beat her the, for, on the, the first, first attempt, attempt, which is crazy. Was, the first attempt was tough because um, I hadn't gone through and cleared out all of the uh, gnome dudes beforehand. So they all aggroed up there. Yeah, I was. And that intentionally turned into a, that unintentionally turned into a much harder fight than it should have been. I was only <laughs> level three when I encountered that because I was. You run into the hag pretty early on, and I was like, I'm going to go figure out what this is all about When I, as soon as I discovered the story for it, you know. And oh, I went yeah. all the way over there to check it out, and I realized by the time I got there, and I was already committed to finishing it, like, this is almost too hard for my character at level three. Yeah, I was, like, level five when I did her, because I decided to, before going to her house, um... I decided to go after uh, um, the uh, Druid Haslin first uh, and free okay. him. 
so so I'd already I'd already uh, gone and like completely cleared out the goblin camp, yada yada, etc. Okay, so I was you know, pretty pumped up you know, for for the pack I, fight. I missed out on some XP, so like unintentionally, like and this it made it like unintentionally easy. So if you're if you're drow at all, and I was a half drow, half drow sorcerer with a beard, um, just looked like me with pointy ears, honestly. He was pretty pale. Um, he, uh, the, not the orcs. Well, the orcs, or is it goblins? You know that no, cent- goblins. that center area that, like, this, those ruins that have the cavesmen or the cellars below that lead to, the, like, the spiders and shit? Yep. That whole area, I passed a speech check as a half dryad or a half drow. Half drow that made everything passive towards me. So I had zero fights in that area above. They completely ignored me. And in the area leading up to the goblin camp, they completely ignored me. I didn't have to, yeah. I didn't have to fight anybody. And so I missed out on XP because I was half drow. Um I didn't I wasn't half drow. I was a fucking uh silver dragonborn. Oh, silver tongue. Uh, <laughs> and uh I I walked right up to the goblin camp. And passed my charisma check for, you know, you know, basically telling them that I was uh, that I was part of their religion, and they were kind of skeptical at first, and then they're like, "Nah, now nah, you're good." Well, it's because you know, they're they're leaders, Drow. So, well, and that's I think that's the thing, right? Like she's Drow, and you can recruit her. I can't remember her name starts in the M, but if you want to go yeah. the evil playthrough and not rescue the Druid. Um, you can recruit her instead if you lead her in the attack against the the elves, and I don't know if that would be that satisfying. I thought about like on a second playthrough if I'd do that. I was like, no, I don't know if I really would because I did kind of like being the uh, hero of your. Just also the struggle I have with all these RPGs. I rarely play them as the bad guy. Um, but yeah, like that was just something that was built into the game. The goblins in that particular area, because their leaders drow, like if you're part drow, they're like, Oh, you must be Ken or something. You don't seem that scary. Not one of those nasty, nasty elves or humans. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, the, uh, I, I was, I played the part of like the double agent, which is kind of weird being a paladin. Um, yeah, so, so you forego your forego forwent your oath of honor or whatever, right? Well, that was later, like, and it was kind of bullshit. It's an oathbreaker, right? Yeah. So I did eventually go oathbreaker, uh, paladin. I kept my oath for the majority of the game, and it was kind of bullshit where I lost it. I think that I think I did, didn't deserve to lose it. Uh, how um, does that mechanic work? So, so as a paladin, you have, uh, there's three different kinds of paladins, uh, like, a you know, a wrath paladin, a devotion paladin, something like that. Right. And they have a tenant. So basically you, uh, so it says in, uh, you know, in your paladin code that you should, you know, protect you know the the innocent or um in the wrath paladin you would uh you wouldn't side with any 
you know, creature, you know, like evil creatures. And if you break your oath, uh, it will, uh, it will say at uh, at that mom- uh, moment that you broke it that you feel empty, like something is wrong. Uh, and then when you go to uh, go to sleep or go to for a long rest, uh, you are uh, confronted with the oathbreaker knight, and it uh, and he explains to you that your uh, that the your oath is broken to your god uh and uh that's why you feel empty you no longer have access to your paladin powers uh but if you choose the path of the oath breaker uh you can basically side with the dark and you will get powers back but they will be like dark knight style powers and uh so you'll be able to like call undead and do you know and do some do some other shit, right? So if you decide to, you can actually pay a tithe to the Oathbreaker Knight, and he will reconnect you to your uh to your uh to your god, basically. Uh but every time you break your oath, that uh that amount goes up. So it's like a thousand gold at first, and it's like two thousand, three thousand, and so on. So you can just uh, pay a tithe. Yeah. So you can you can just you know pay your penance of gold, uh, and get your paladin powers back. But uh, I will eventually. I eventually I broke my oath twice. Once was very intentional. It was like this is a bullshit situation. This motherfucker's gonna die, and um, that motherfucker, I guess was considered a innocent and i'm like all right fine fuck it whatever i'll just i'll go ahead and pay the tithe and get this uh get this going the second time i broke my oath was during the end of asterian's quest line so did everybody here do these do asterian's quest line yes yeah Okay. So, so what did you let happen? So, at the end of Asterian's quest line, there's all of the other um the the other sub vampires, right? And main vampires going to, you know, basically suck them dry and become immortal, right? I uh I convinced Asterian to not take the power I didn't do not take his master's place and uh and become an immortal vampire. Uh it, I instead convinced him to destroy all of the other souls that were um that were trapped in the uh uh you know in the dungeon so that they would not go free. And I'm sitting here going, looking at it from a paladin standpoint. I have the option of getting rid of all of these, you know, bloodsuckers right now. Or letting them go free and, you know, and cause terror on the countryside. And to me, that is not, it is a little bit more Gray, but they're, they're already gone. 
right they were already gone right they were already basically turned into you know you know feral vampires at that point right uh there was no saving them from their fate they were already basically undead and i'm like okay i can either let them go free or i can have you know asterian end them now and it was a hard choice to do i had to convince asterian to do it but he eventually did it and i lost my uh, i broke my oath because because of the children that was turned are they no longer children at that point and, and and that's what I said. That's what I'm I'm sitting here going. This is why this is I thought was fucked up because I was like, hey, they're all vampires. It doesn't matter if they're children or not. There is there was no saving them at that point. Uh, and that hunter group that you know basically sent you to go, you know, go in there and try to find the kids. We're expecting the kids to be like whole and not like turned into vampires. So if they'd saw them turn into vampires, they'd slay them, you know, slay the kids. They would, it would suck for them, but that's, that's, you know, what they would have ended ended up doing. But I, I just took that step and I broke my oath and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. If that breaks my oath, then I'm just going to lean into it. And I went Oathbreaker at that point and it turned out that Oathbreaker just has better powers at that point at that point in the game so i was like you know what this 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 is this is perfect so uh yeah so that gives you a little hint asterian did not become all-powerful no and he also uh well at the end of the game also a lot with losing the uh parasite he is again allergic to uh to the sun he became allergic to the sun again so, which was, which was kind of it kind of sucked because I liked Asterion as a character. I liked him later my on play for a through and my party. Asterion became the new supreme vampire. Oh, he did, huh? He did. I'm glad you How lived with all of these impulsive choices, Jason. <laughs> I did. He's like um, the first time I met Gortash, I I beat him down. I decided right. that Asterion must be the vampire lord. Well, so, see, so I took similar view as far as like the souls and whatnot, right? Um, <clears throat> they're they're toasted either way. Um, and I also got to thinking, would it would it really be all that bad to have, um? Asterion is like the the supreme all-powerful vampire knowing that with his trauma and everything else he's not really going to um want to turn people just willy-nilly um so I kind of leaned into that part of it I leaned into Asterion's trauma and let Asterion take his revenge in the best way possible. He's still a monster. Um but yeah, the uh I let him have his revenge. But, but not in the best way possible. But no and having to make a sacrifice at the end of it. I think I he was it was keeping his humanity by doing it that way. Right. I, I felt like 
So in the end, like he does revert back to being a basic vampire, but like he does, he's gained a lot of knowledge and soul from having to be human. Right. It's just, he never gets to see the sun ever again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, the ending for him, which is in, uh, in my playthrough, still kind of sucked. But it was also like he was a victim of circumstance in, in that in that situation. Either he didn't expect to actually get pulled by the you know the illithids, and he had uh, an opportunity that he otherwise wouldn't have had. But eventually, it was going to end, and he knew it was going to end. Speaking of endings, um, Shadowheart, that was the hardest fight in the game. In my opinion, I, I think Shadowheart's fight was if I didn't have the globe of invulnerability, that fight would have been impossible for me. I used all my resurrection scrolls and it I, took me it took me. I want to say at least it might have taken me four attempts um, because there's a they use is it Raven neck Ray. It's not Raven feeblement necrotic Ray of sickness. Yeah. And it affects it affects you in that you can't heal for one round after you get hit with it. So if you have a healer, if you have potion, you that's necrotic touch. Yeah. So every single time, every single time, or just about every turn, you get hit. Somebody gets hit with that, right? And mm-hmm. I ended up on the last attempt that I had, I made sure to craft as many invisibility potions as I could and as many speed potions as I could. And anytime somebody would get to the point where they're about to drop, I'd have them drink an invisibility potion and reposition and try to get close to one of those casters. And then I finally took out the casters. But I made the mistake the first go-around, again, having Shadowheart, she had the uh, basically the whirlwind of like holy damage, right? And the main boss in there reflects that back at you. And uh, so I didn't realize what had happened until I looked at the combat log that I got like 150 damage reflected back at me. Because it's like, it's not only reflected, it's like double reflected back at you. Mm -hmm. Um, If you do any holy damage in that fight. And I had her rolled as kind of like a battle priest. More of like like a medium armor wearing tank. And I know that sounds weird. But it worked. Like, I had her, she had a ring that made her decks turn into armor, so I specced her out in decks, put medium armor on her, and, like, she was pretty fucking fit. And then she could heal people. She was always in the middle of the battle, so she was always within range of somebody to heal somebody she needed to. And she did a decent amount of holy damage while just taking punishment. Um, And then I used other people, range characters mostly, to kind of, like, snipe out the bigger damage dealers or squishies on the other side in every fight. But, uh, and then I also used her to cast water so that my electric damage got pretty fucking deadly. Um, so anyways, long story short though, like that fight was so hard. Um, and I, I can't remember the name of the God, but right. Like you can choose to side with the shadow God or you can choose to side with that gal with wings. I can't remember what her name is. But, uh, oh, yeah. So I took the moon path, or that's what I'm calling it, so the moon god, right? And, uh, changed her from a, what is it, a, a priestess of something. Is it Saloon? Is that the moon god? Yeah. 
right? So it turned her into serving the moon god instead. And then so from that point on, like, she became, like, extremely emo about everything, but also, like, wanting to make good character path choices the whole rest of the game. And then it so changes her white, hair white. white hair. Yeah. Um, so you kept her white hair instead of black hair. Yeah. That's, that's, or you made her white hair instead of uh, keeping her black hair. That's, yeah. That's what I ended up doing, too, is I ended up talking her into uh, throwing the spear away. Uh, and uh, that's... I, I killed that, uh, so you had the option of sparing that priest, right? I went ahead and killed her. Because I, oh. I felt like she was too dangerous. Oh. Yeah, so I killed her, too. <laughs> Oh, uh, the priestess of Shar. Yeah, 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 that's right. Shar was the god that she was serving before. Yeah. I, I she's a returning character from... She was a bitch. She's a returning character from Baldur's Gate 2, and I can't remember her name. But I remember reading up on it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that, even though it was like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But she returned as a villain in this game. But I actually... Um, so going back a little bit, you were talking about um, uh, about Oren in the camp. Um, I decided to, after going back to camp several times, and that that cute little kid in camp saying they were going to make something, and they brought their own knife. I was like, "You are incredibly suspicious." I'm going to attack the shit out of you. You can attack the kid? Yes. You attack the kid in the camp? Yes. Oh my god. Okay. And? Ball just runs away, and then you end up having to fight her later anyway. Basically in the same dungeon that you described. Oh, so you can, you stopped her from actually doing any, you know, uh, taking anybody by... Yeah, she didn't take anybody from my party. Yeah, her her fight was a little bit of a disappointment because it, by that point I'd figured out that Carlac could throw anybody, and <laughs> I would just pick up dead bodies and chuck it at her, right? And then chuck it. I chucked all the shit at that boss with Carlac. All my junk weapons, like all the bodies that were around, the bodies do a fair amount of damage, right? Like I kept it knocks people prone. Yeah. And I just kept her stun-locked until I had everybody dead, and then we just fo focus fired. It was a one-shot fight. Everybody yeah, had I, speed or haste cast on them, and uh, it was a fucking joke by the time I... And the the fight leading up to that, same thing. The the guard to ball or whatever, right? And you go down into that area. Carlex mm -hmm. just chucking shit all over the place. At that point, I think we were talking about that, and I was like, I need to start throwing people with, Car with Carlex. <laughs> and it just... It made that whole area and that whole encounter like comically easy yeah um and so like again i was a little bit disappointed that the main story chapter fights were not that hard like all three of the main bosses before you get to the elder brain to me were not that difficult um it was the no, it was the raphael really. fight and then um the chapter well uh asterion's ending fight took me a second to figure out 
um, because you you really need to get him free really fast. Yeah, that one really was more about the logistics, right? Like, yeah, like I failed real quickly, and I was like, I need to free him. So I focused on freeing him on the second attempt, and then the whole rest of the fight was not that hard. And then I cast uh, fucking whatever daylight is, right? Which just mm-hmm. it keeps the vampire from regenerating health the entire time. And I cast it on Asterion. So, like, I just cast it on him. And he's in the fight right next to the boss the entire time, shining bright as day. And then it was cast by Shadowheart. So, she has, like, a ridiculous concentration score by that point. And, like, he never regenerated health. Like, it just beat the fuck out of him after that. But it took me realizing, like, I can't fight this. Because once he gets to the point where he's at the countdown, like, it's impossible to win. So... Because he's already sacrificed somebody and become, you know, the ultimate vampire. So I was like, oh, so I need to rescue him right the fuck away. And as soon as I did that, I was like, this is not that hard. Like, I should have been playing that on Tactician. But I, playing the uh, Raphael fight on Tactician, I think, would be a chore. And playing that Shadowheart fight on Tactician would be a chore. Like, both of those are incredibly difficult fights. Um, and even because of the, the spells that they use and the... Uh the amount of bad guys right even the end boss like i said i want to say i did two attempts on the end boss but like i said two attempts like i realized my mistake was not getting on the platform earlier and once i did that like i just melted everything right like once you understand like haste and speed potions are king in that game like it when you're doing double the amount of damage every time you're in a turn like there's just doesn't even make sense like how much damage you can do like some of the sorcerer things that you can do like i didn't have a max level sorcerer i had a uh, storm cleric mixed with a sorcerer and you get a hundred percent crit on one attack per combat with the storm cleric so you cast have somebody cast wet or have him cast wet then you cast your max level elemental orb which at that point was only like a level six elemental orb right and it's lightning on water or ice, and it does like 450 damage. It's stupid. You one-shot so much shit with the Storm Cleric. Like, I gotta play a harder class next time, because it was too easy. Um, so, like, if you are looking for a Sorcerer build, like Storm Cleric is ridiculous, because you can literally just light up a whole area, or... Because you get an automatic crit, like, with that, every time you use it. And then you get additional damage bonus for them being wet. So, like, I didn't end up using a lot of my other spells because it was just that hit like a fucking monster truck. Um, But in certain situations, I didn't have the amount of turns to cast all that, like the Shadowheart fight, because of just mitigating all the damage all the time with that character. Like, things like learning you can throw potions or drop potions and attack a potion, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Like, for an area of effect heal, like, those are, like, key things. Like, you'd have people who are just like, okay, they're going to be my potion thrower. Um, in this fight because they're not a ranged character, but they can throw pretty fucking far. <laughs> so until they get up there, they're going to be support and be throwing haste potions and or speed potions or invisibility potions or whatever, you know. Um, That's fun. Um, but like, that, I didn't have any, uh, I didn't use any casters. That's a strange choice. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I did have Shatterheart for a while, but she was like full on healer. You can use her not use any casters at all. You can use her to get plus to hit 
um, with one of the concentration spells. You can use her for silence, which is really useful. Um, but I had all that on my uh, paladin. Oh, yeah. I, got, I see what you're saying. So, on my paladin, I had a lot of the cleric spells um, available to me. I had a little bit of a healing with lay on hand. Um, but for the most part, the, uh, you know, she, uh, that spot, uh, Shadowheart spot in my party was interchangeable to whoever I needed to have in there. So, at the end of the game, I had my Paladin, Tarlac, Lizelle, and Asterion. Yeah, and I had... I had my Sorcerer, Shadowheart, Asterion, and Will. Because we had the Illithid powers, too. The Illithid powers also give you Fly. Just free. So it's a free Misty Step everywhere. Yep. Right. Well. So. So you need to do that next next run. You that, should go so full that was the best part about absorbing tadpoles right there. Yeah, because. So this is, this is how this worked out for me. Um, I'm going to go into what happened for the end of my game. Right. Yeah, did you free the the not the Emperor? What's his name? Well, before so we Emperor get to the end of the game, let's okay. Let let's do this. Can campaign when you ended Act One? Uh huh. Yeah, we should do that. What what companions did you have? Um, Let me ask that. Okay, so at the end of Act 1, I had Shadowheart, Mysterian, Gale, Will, Blazel, Carlac, and Halson was in my uh, uh, in my fucking camp being bump on a log. I also I had was Withers in your camp being I did have Withers in my log. camp. I also at the by the end of Act One had Scratch the dog and the owl bear. Okay, so I was able to basically pick up everybody uh, in Act One, and I was not using any guides or anything like that. I wanted to save the owl bear because owl bear cub is awesome, and Scratch was really easy i mean i'm 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 kind of a dog lover so yeah i couldn't I, do anything that would be you know i to a dog i accidentally like hurt the wound trying to heal the uh owlbear cub and it ran away so i lost the owlbear cub but i also had oh. i had halson i did not have the other chick uh menthara i think is her name i had oh. halson too um yeah, you can't lie with Minthar when you go into the goblin. She, right. Just, you, if you want to go the evil playthrough and kill the elves, and that's the way you do it. Yeah. Okay. I also had uh, Jahira. See, which is, Jahira died for me in the final battle in Act 2. Right. I was able to save her. So Well, that's at the end of Act 2. So, little ahead of yourself. I will say at the end of Act One, I had a bay you had, including Scratch and the Owlbear. Um, who let me did 
Those and are, I'm assuming all not. three of us had withers because I think all three of us have talked about that. Yeah, right. withers is pretty easy to not miss, honestly. Well, if you, mi- if you miss that entire dungeon... It's right at the beginning. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean everybody's necessarily circled back around to pick the lock or what have you, right? Like, Yeah, I watched some gameplay uh, videos that showed that you could drop that. There's something on a hoist that's above there, and you can drop that down in the hole to get in there, too, and I never knew that. Yep, yep. But um, yeah, I did make it down in there. So, Rusty didn't take any of the powers. Nope. Justin and I were upgrading with our tadpoles as much as we could. Oh, yeah. I chomped down tons of... Um, like, there's a power that for however many active nodes you have, if there is any characters within, like, eight meters of you that have less than that in health number, that they just automatically die. And so, yeah. I had 16 points and Illithid powers on my main character and on Shadowheart. And so if they were like under 16, they just like ate it automatically. So it's like an automatic execute just around you, which was amazing. And since Shadowheart was always in the middle of everything, like it was incredibly useful. And yeah. Didn't which path any... did you take out of Act 1 into Act 2? Did um... you. You go could, through the Underdark? Did you take the mountain pass and skip the Underdark? You can kind of do both. So you can. So as long as you don't progress the mountain path, you can go all the way up through the monastery and do all of those things, which is what I did until it became clear that I was going into Act 2. And so I cleared that whole thing out because I thought it was essential to Lazelle. And then I went back through the Underdark and then finished to where I looked like I was progressing the Underdark. So I went through to, because there's a lot of stuff in that monastery that you'd miss. Um, and it seemed like it wasn't really penalizing me for doing both. So like, I just kind of like go all the way up and be like, kind of test my boundaries. Be like, does that look like it's a loading screen? Nope. Okay. I'm going to keep going. Like I This is just an area. Huh? I never went to the crash. So the. Wow. Really? I never went to the uh, the crash. I went to the uh, the point where um, there's a, like a little bridge or a gate or something like that, and the red dragon uh, drops down, and you can see the other Githyanki. I turned around at that point, went to the Underdark. I never never progressed that path up to the crash at all. Yeah, you can. Uh... Like, there's also an egg that you can steal while you're up there, which is what I did, and pissed off Lazelle to no end. Um, and I, at that point, I didn't like Lazelle, and I wasn't using her that much. And I really wish I'd have used her earlier. Like, in the next playthrough, I'm going to utilize her a lot more, or just make one of the characters I like better as a fighter. She's, because she's she, worthless until she gets her second attack. Yeah, but I'm just saying, when she's got, when she can do, like, three and four attacks in a single round, like, she becomes, like, god tier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She's, she's worthless until she she can actually do anything more than that. Um, yeah, I, I found you know casters were better. You know, people with a freaking bow were better. You know, she yeah, she was hard to control um, until she had a second attack, and then after that, she was worth you know worth keeping around. Yeah, Act Two like. I had some problems with a little bit of the pacing of Act 2 because I wanted to explore more and I felt like I was getting punished for exploring. 
And so eventually it's like, okay, I'm going to go all the way up to Minrise Towers. And then I realize, okay, this is going to start to resolve itself into a final battle. Now I'm going to go explore everywhere. And it felt a little bit disjointed in that act as in I got all the way to Moonrise Towers in that quest and got to a point where it looked like I needed to have a conversation with somebody. And then I went back and just explored all over the place, which was Mm -hmm. kind of a weird design choice, I thought. Like, I kind of felt like it was just – and some of the fights in there are incredibly hard, right? Um, Just the regular – fights with the spirit creatures or whatever right the whole well the whole reason i ended up finally unlocking the daylight spell was because of that area because once you've got daylight cast like nothing can hide so having the having shadow heart with daylight like let me fight all of those um invisible enemies pretty easily but it was to a point where i was just like scraping by and doing a lot of long rests in that area for a while because I'd explore, and I was like, I'm not powerful enough for this. I'm getting my ass handed to me. Um, right. But, like, well, there's fights in there. Like, what's the gold counters dude's name? Oh. Um, it was... There's, like, a weird crazy guy that's, like, a toll, a toll keeper or something like that. Gatekeep- I don't know, but he's like a... Yeah, there was a gatekeeper. Um... And I, I resolved it by doing a speech check yep. that made him kill himself and just give me a bunch, all his gold. Yep. Um, and I got like 10,000 gold out of that little encounter. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I did the same thing, passed like, the speech check. Like, I'm super interested in playing this game with somebody with very low charisma where I can't pass most of these speech checks. Right. Well, like, so I'm not going to play a wizard or a... A, a, or a, uh, a sorcerer, or a warlock, or a, a bard. Like, I'm going to play somebody with low charisma. Well, one of the best uh, check things that I had done was uh, there's a um, a mini boss in the bar. The, you know, the big fat dude. Oh, yeah. It's like oozing shit all over the place. Um, and he's... Yeah, he, he pours obvious fucking poison, right? And, you know, uh, and challenges you to a drinking contest. I beat him. In a drinking contest? I beat him in a drinking contest because my character, uh, you know, being a paladin, does two main stats for charisma and constitution. And that was a constitution check. Every time you, you know, you drank, you had to like, you know, try to keep it down and not die from the poison. So (laughs) I was able to, uh, I was able to, you know, to beat him at his drinking game and he exploded. Nice. Um, that was... That was one of the things that you know that I did, and of course I talked my way through the uh, the gold mini boss there and got a bunch of gold out of that. Um, but I went when I went through Act Two, I did everything, like I did ev- ev- everything that I could. So, with you guys in your longer playtimes, I'm wondering what I missed because I felt like. I wasn't skipping anything except for about 10 hours into Baldur's Gate. I decided I was going to talk to some people and not everybody. 
Yeah. And I, like I said, I well, didn't, I didn't have an empty quest log or I mean, didn't have a like missed quest by the time I got to the end of the game. Right. Well, stepping back a second, let me say, um, you missed out a lot with the crash rusty, just for the simple fact that you kind of get Lazelle on, on the, uh, um, revolutionary path early. Oh, well, I didn't need to because she was revolutionizing my pants. <laughs> um, she was... <laughs> you, you, you got some of that green pussy. Uh, well, I mean, she's the easiest. She she is the easiest to... Uh... I mean, she does basically say, I want to eat your dick right out the get-go. She... I mean, you don't even have to try. She like she just kind of like grabs you by the shirt and says, "I will fuck you now." Um, the uh, the the thing about that particular romance path is uh, gaining back your dominance. Uh, <laughs> it was also unique with Lizelle um, because I was dragonborn. So she wanted some of that dragon dick, and uh, yeah, because they like, they worship dragons. Yeah, they worship dragons. So it was like, okay, so she's into me because I'm a I'm, I'm part dragon. Um, but yeah, it was it was a, b- a bit different. Um, and and it was a uh, a a fight for dominance with that particular relationship and. You know, I'm not big on fucking relationship, you know, sims and games. I really hate the whole idea of it. It's like, oh, got romance options, yada, yada, yada. So I I basically, you know, said, Lizelle's a good option because Gail was trying to, like, grab my ass. And I wanted wanted to tell Gail to go fuck off. Um, That reminds (laughs) me, did you guys let Asterian bite you? To death. Why do you I ask? Let him, I, I let him actually go until I died from it. I didn't. I realized what was going on pretty early on. I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. This is getting weird. And uh, But he did retain that ability to get bite and then get what's well, like a health regain that he gets if he bites during a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it also gives him advantage, too. Well, oh, of course well, I, I ended up stirring and bite me. I mean... He needed sustenance. I died from it. So who I did you? die, but again, I was a sorcerer. My charisma was it was pretty fucking it was high. funny as fuck because I'm uh, I you, you get that whole cutscene right, and you're like, do nothing or push him off, do nothing or beat him in the face or do nothing, and like you know just let him continue, like you know slip into the darkness is the last one i think it was and i'm like whatever I hit the button and uh he, he finishes and the cutscene ends the day starts for everybody but my character is dead and you know Osteriad says something terrible has happened here and just walks back over to his like little camp spot so I'm like, okay, well, my character's dead. So Asterian was in my party at that point. So I just click on Asterian, walk his ass over to my dead body, 
and make him use the fucking resurrection scroll on me. Well, I'm gonna... Motherfucker, you broke it, you fix it. I'm not gonna let either of you guys bite me. Just saying we're not that good of friends. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um... Uh, Like, I guess if you guys turn into vampires, I'm just gonna be like, well, I guess you guys gotta die or you gotta eat rats. (laughs) Well, you get a a unique uh, uh, speech option if you let him kill you. Really? (laughs) You do? Is when he talks, you know, when you talk to him about it, he's like, I'm terribly sorry about, like, I, I couldn't really control myself. It was just too good. You're so, you know, and you're such a bad guy. And your character can just, like, continually repeat, but you killed me, you bastard. <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty funny. All right. So, another question Did you let the, uh, the bard guy that that you rescue, did you let him try to remove the tadpole? Yes, that was hilarious. I, it was. I said, you know what? Asterion already went through the whole process of uh, of killing me, and I lived from it. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me let me see what this guy can do. It was painful to watch because. Yeah, he's rooting around in your head with a fucking ice pick, and at one point he, like, picks something up and, like, whacks it with, like, a fucking hammer. And I'm like, oh, that's gonna sting. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can't... By getting the wooden eye, you get a permanent stat upgrade, which was pretty good. I can't remember what it was, though. It was sea invisibility for nine meters. Yeah, right. So, super handy in a lot of fights. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially in the underdark. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was, that became it was worth pretty it. critical. But I love the point where it's like he hits the fucking thing, you know, it hits the fucking ice pick with the hammer, and then he's like pops, and he's like, "Oh, that wasn't supposed to happen!" And your fucking eye rolls out on the floor. Uh, it was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and he's like, "You didn't need that old, you know, you know, pus-filled, greasy piece of flesh here." have this and it's a magical eye I'm like oh cool it kept showing him as a vendor of some sort does he ever actually sell something or is there something i missed there um i think he's a vendor if you're a bard oh that makes sense but i don't know because i didn't play any bards um yeah i wanted to but again i want to play a character with low charisma which means no bard oh well bards are Oh, uh, I might I might play a bard. So the next playthrough, I uh, that I'm playing, uh, will be as Dark Urge, because I decided to go with a custom character. But I want to see what Dark Urge actually has, you know, to go for it. Did any of you take Dark Urge? No, I didn't. No, I did not. But okay. I am interested. The dark urge, from what I was able to find online, if you know, they said that if you uh, didn't take dark urge, you're uh, you're missing out because it adds an, a whole another level of uh, of shit. Because interactions with characters that you would normally keep or save, you would actually have some contest with your darker self, uh, and. That means that there's uh, 
uh, an opportunity to, you know, you know, kill people who you wouldn't normally kill in a normal playthrough. Uh, so I think that us three not taking Dark Urge gives us a whole other way to play it next time. So I, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna play a Dragonborn again because I noticed that if you play Dragonborn, you're basically hog tying yourself because they don't get anything but a breath weapon. Right. I and the breath weapons kind of bad. <laughs> Yeah, I think but, I'll play I'll play a halfling like rogue or something next time. Yeah, it's, and then I um, won't use Asterian for everything. I'll use my rogue for all the things I was using Asterian for. I'll use Gale for my wizard, right? And then maybe I'll have like a paladin or somebody that I'll custom create for my party. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just take yeah. one of the I'll take Shadowheart and just reroll her as a paladin instead of a cleric. I'm gonna play a monk. Yeah, I've heard that those I've... playthroughs look really interesting. Yeah, I want to play a monk. That I just want to play a fucking hobbit. Be my next playthrough too. I think monk looks cool as shit. I mean, just not having to deal with you know with weapons, you know, really, (laughs) because if you go with an unarmed, the unarmed style monk, yeah, they can do a lot of damage with just their fists. So there's there's a lot of. uh, a lot of playability there, so I'll end up doing Dark Urge the Monk. Well, I want to take this opportunity because we've had a we've been talking for a little bit. Do you guys want to take a break and then just kind of talk about Act Three and how we wrapped up the game? Sure, sure. sure. All right, guys, we'll be back. And we're back. Oh shit! I mean, I... what's up? Ah, we've done all the things and stuff. We get recentered, and all uh, the stuff and things. Rusty's got his dinner resettled. Lola's mm-hmm. had her dinner, and she is happy now. Yes. Um, Italian beef, man. Mm, so good. Yeah, because we were talking about that on Discord the other day. Mm-hmm. I. Not to dive too deep into it, but I did a favor for a friend and took some pictures of a wedding as a second shooter. I made them hire their own wedding photographer. But, um, so I was up in Minnesota. I didn't have a lot to do because I don't know anybody but the people that were getting married. And obviously they're going to be pretty busy, you know, the day they're getting married and the day after getting married and all that jazz. And, uh, I started to just try random stuff while I was up there. So. I got really lucky. I got a Dodge Charger um, as my car and pretty quickly realized that's, I think it may be time to upgrade sometime soon from uh, my 2011 Versa with 80,000 miles on it. Um, You know, that is completely uh, debt free. Uh, thanks to Trent. Yeah, you know, that's. Uh, long story short, I had an even shittier car before that. It was a 95 Honda Accord. That I ran into the ground, um, and Trent said I had a pretty shitty car, and I've always been notoriously cheap with getting vehicles. He's like, um, I just got a Jeep. Do you want my Versa? Which at the time I had 30,000 miles on it. I was like, sure. 
like, how much you want for it? Like, fully expecting to give him a couple grand at least. He's like, ah, dollar, but we'll have to say like a hundred so that you can get through the tag office. I was like, yeah, exactly. So he gave me that car. It's been my daily driver for like, like nine years. Um, and I mean, considering how much you drive, that's like only right. recently. Before that, I was driving a lot more. Well, uh, yeah, but that's that recently has been like a couple the years. The last now. three years now. <laughs> yeah, working from home has definitely dropped my miles down. But uh, I got to drive a charger for the first time, and it was like the next tier up, not the basic charger, but it's still a V6 charger. And it's called like a GX or something. But even having that versus my car, like it was very quick to get over 100 miles an hour without me thinking about it. I felt like I was coasting most of the time, and I got pretty used to going the coast limit a lot um, and still having pretty good control. In fact, I was so unfamiliar with the car when I got in, I thought it just had auto lights, and I was driving in the dark for a good 30 minutes um, until people started honking at me and flashing their lights. I was like, maybe my lights aren't on. And so I'm in the middle of driving at night, and on my phone, I'm like, how to turn on headlights, Dodge Charger 2022. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, you know, I found out there was a knob on the left, and I was like, oh, there's a knob. Okay. Okay. Oh, there's a lot of light. Shit, I have been driving in the dark, and I'm in a black car. This oh is why God. everybody... And, you know, I was driving the speed limit at that point, so at least it wasn't crazy. But, oh uh, yeah, it's like, at least I didn't get pulled over. Um, I say the same thing, but the you know, I, I was at the gas station when we were at the uh, when I went to go visit Oklahoma. I was at the gas station in my car. And I'm like, how the fuck do I open the the gas? You know, like where's the? Uh, there's a little switch on on my CRV to pull the uh, you know to open the uh, the gas door. I couldn't find that there. <laughs> <laughs> sitting at the pump going google how do i open the gas <laughs> gas door on this car yeah i oh. at least on the the chart it didn't have if it did and then i broke it but it didn't have like a little lever for the gas you just like went over there and opened it yeah you just push it in and it pops out that's what it is on normal cars my car has to be stupid mine has a lever in my versa like to open the gas cap <laughs> So that I can get well, to it. Which, I mean, I guess it keeps people from siphoning your gas, right? Uh, not really. But Not really, no. But, I mean, that is kind of a hallmark of a lot of Japanese vehicles. Is the whole lever to open the fuel door. But, know, tangents aside, what I was getting at is I decided while I was there, because I was there like Thursday through Sunday morning. Uh, to go try out little restaurants at mom and pop places is in a little place called Monticello, Minnesota, which is about an hour outside of Minneapolis. Um, I did visit Mall of America for a second because it was right next to the airport. Um, it's massive. It's ridiculously big. I went far enough in to find a place to eat because I hadn't eaten since 10 o'clock. And by that time, it was like 630. Um, found a Wahlburgers, right? Not necessarily local to uh, Minneapolis. And then had their Minneapolis burger, which was called a Juicy Lucy, which it wasn't bad. It was pretty good. Um, and then never had anything else in Minneapolis again. Like, I was only there for a little bit. And then I decided to 
try out small town America while I was up there, which to me was infinitely more interesting than Minneapolis. Um, so yeah, had the, I had a, uh, Italian beef sandwich. Uh, my buddy Ed was up there shooting his wedding. I'd asked him where to eat. And he told me this little place in a little college town called St. Cloud called like McDougal's or something. It was just a college bar that was like underneath the ground, which is kind of neat. And, uh, bunch of regular Joes in there, which I was pretty cool with. And then I was like, you, my buddy tells me I'm from out of town. He tells me you guys have some really good sandwiches. What do you suggest? And like Italian beef. I was like, yes, please. And just brought me back. I haven't had Italian beef in a long time and holy shit, it's good. Um, in fact, we were talking about Italian beef at the bar the other night. Like I brought it up mm -hmm. and one of the guys like I just made friends with in the last 20 minutes because I was there just to visit my friend was from Chicago. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a big Chicago thing. Um, it's like you can't find good Italian beef down here unless you make it. But, uh, yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> you smell. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm I sure it's like filling the whole house good. with aroma. Mm, is this something so that's good. just for you or does Cam get to eat some? Oh, I mean, it's a three pound chuck roast. So he's going to at least some. get a cut. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, the um, key is to get that gravy down so that you get a a good dipping sauce. Yeah, the uh, so I ended up picking up a uh, let's see, I picked up a you know a packet like an Italian beef packet. Um, it came recommended as I was doing some research to uh to get a good au jus packet um and i'm trying to find it you know find it right now here it is called louis italian beef seasoning um this makes the au jus uh and is a you know is the seasoning that you cook it in for slow cookers um and you do one packet of that enough water to cover the beef uh and you add uh, pepperoncinis, you know, half of a jar of pepperoncinis and most of the liquid, uh, and uh, cook it that way, and slow cook it for about eight hours. The longer the better, and then shred it. Uh, once you shred it, you pull it out, shred it up, uh, and then you put the, uh, put that on a on a hoagie. With some provolone cheese, some pepperoncinis on top of that, and I've got uh, I got an olive, um, kind of like the stuff that you get on muffalettas. Yeah, uh, like an uh, a you know like a, an olive spread that you can go, you know put over top of that, and little get us yourself a little cup of the au jus and go to town, man. I can't wait. Can you guys hear that? I'm glad it's not picking up. Okay. No, it's not picking up. Lola is going to town on um, this fucking Kong. Uh, <laughs> the squeakity squeakers. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Wow. So back to back to our main topic, which is yeah, we were uh, talking about uh, Act spoiling, Three. Spoiling for spoiling Baldur's Gate Three for the. <laughs> maybe a few hundred people that haven't played it yet. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so, Act 3. Um, 
Let, let's do it this way. Um, so when you started Act 3, did you come out of Act 2 having uh, the night song in your camp? Yeah, I did. Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Because I refused to kill her. I did, too. I did, too. Um, did you happen to clear the, uh, the curse of the woods and keep Haslam with you? Yes. yes. And we all know Justin's answer to this already. He got her killed. Rusty, did you come out with the, with the Harper boss? Yes. I, I, I e. returning her. character from Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. Yes. I mean, I, I recognized her even though it's been like forever since I played Baldur's Gate. But I, I recognized her as a character that was of legend. And yeah, yeah, I got, I got her. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. I kept her alive. That was actually fairly easy fight for me. Um, that particular boss battle did not give me a whole lot of trouble. It started no. to, but I already kind of learned the arms of hater choke point thing by that point. And so I was able to kind of keep everybody off balance in that fight. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. killed you here in the same step. There was a lot of bad guys. Yeah, in the fight, it's like the last boss of uh, of Act Act Two. Yeah, like that whole hallway in Moonrise yeah. Towers is like there's like thirty guys. Yeah, and they just keep but, coming. Yeah, yeah. I had I had all of that. You know, I had them all uh, all of that going. So that was that was Moonrise Towers. So that was end of Act Two. Getting into Act Three. Act Three starts off with, um, basically, uh, a race to a portal, uh, where the Githyanki are coming out of a portal, and the uh, the Absolute is trying to turn you into a Mind Flare, and you have to run to the portal. Um. I'm going to assume everybody got there because uh, we got it's game over if you don't. <laughs> uh, but once you get into that, you realize that your uh, your dream visitor is not quite what you had created at the beginning of the game. I know she wasn't a hot elf. Made no. me mad. Very not. Very not. So uh, yeah, that that reveal that uh, that your guardian is fucking mind flayer named or ithalid i should say named emperor kind of threw me for a fucking loop i was Again, not expecting that it made me mad you've got a you got a random hand in your background there jason yes i know I my know. wife think it thinks it's funny to dick with me while i'm trying to record <laughs> <laughs> but the uh the, the thing is is at that moment uh as i was playing through that particular uh, the beginning of Act 3 I was also very drunk Uh, so I was just kind of going through you know picking stuff up as uh, as you go along but every time you go back and do a a full rest um, you get a little bit more 
you know time to talk to the emperor and one of one of those times that the the emperor well he propositions you oh uh, yeah i turned yeah. it down <laughs> did you go through with it <laughs> i didn't Rusty was just exploring. Was, He's in his was, experimental um, phase at the uh, age of forty. I was, I was forty-one. Enough to be like, like, you know what? I let a vampire suck me dry. I had my eye popped out by a fucking bard. Why not? Fuck it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> you get the mind blown achievement. <laughs> blown. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, that's too great. That's yeah. too great. So, so I was, uh, yeah. So, and, and I kept it like I didn't, I, did, I didn't revert because all well, I, I didn't, yeah. I, so that was canon. That, that, that happened for my character. <laughs> um, um yeah, as long as you didn't touch the P tentacle. So, Funny thing about uh, about that because probably nobody's ever you know nobody's going to do that is that all happens while you're asleep, right? So nobody judges you. So no, but the thing is, is that the mind flare parasites allow you to you know allow all the characters to kind of share feelings and experiences. So in that moment where you are with the emperor mind fucking basically uh his um <laughs> his uh his block to all of the other uh companions slips and while you're laying there with the <laughs> with the emperor you look up and there's a portal that's opened and all of the <laughs> all the other companions are just on the other side of that portal slack jawed <laughs> 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 and then of course they all have things to say about it the next day like ew i did oh my god how <laughs> what even was that <laughs> and you can kind of play it off oh it was a bad dream it was totally an illusion totally not of my own creation right totally not latent thoughts I I uh I belly laughed at that moment. I was like, okay, this is this is too <laughs> this is cool. Like this is this is on the same level as opening the barn up and seeing the bugbear and the fucking ogre. Uh <laughs> yeah, one of the best right. scenes in the entire game. Right. That is one of the best scenes in the entire game. I agree. So they do um, have they did capture a lot of the uh the D and D sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they absolutely did. Uh, so at the at Star of Act Two, I had all those people, um, or Act Three. Sorry. Um, when you started Act Three, of course, one of the first things that dangles right in front of you right away is that that freaking Carnival of Oddities, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So I that's where I started. I have one question I've been wanting to ask the three of you, or the two of you, uh, ever since I hit that carnival a few weeks ago. And that is, did you figure out the genie was a cheat? Yes. Yes. Because I had high charisma. 
Yes, I figured out the genie was a cheat. And yes, you can actually, uh, you can actually uh, rig the game. I I immediately had Asterion go pickpocket him for his damn ring. Um, and paid to spin again and got teleported. Yes, you get teleported to where there's a bunch of fucking dinosaurs, man. Oh, I never, I never did that. That's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah you so, get you get teleported to a whole other area, um, and there's actually a pretty great, uh, pretty great staff in that area it's too. A, it's a trident or trident. Yeah, that's right. And the only like weird fucked up thing I did was just the when you get transported into that lamp in the mage's shop and then you have to leave something behind and you leave the little the little dude behind and that's how you get out of there okay do you know what I'm talking about a lamp yeah in the mage's tower there's a so like after you beat um who is it there's a so that mage's tower in Baldur's Gate right the uh-huh. there's an area, a locked door back there, with a whole bunch of rooms that have a lot of traps and a lot of other things. There's a little boss in there too. It's not terribly hard, but when you start to explore it, uh, you got to sneak back there. Um, you can get a whole bunch of high level spells and a whole bunch of like unique items. And in one of those areas, there's a hidden door um, that I found just by going a direction and then realizing I could click through a wall. And there's a lamp, and in that lamp, um, you get transported into a whole other area, which is inside the lamp, and you have to, like, trade a summon. And I don't remember, I think I read something while I was in there, like a book that was kind of talking about something having to stay behind, right? Or a creature having to stay behind, so I summoned something, right? I ended up summoning a creature, and that creature, like, took my place to get myself out of the lamp. Um, but I guess I missed that. A whole fucking thing. Yeah, there's a whole, there's like a whole like three hour section of just like you fight a dude in there. It's pretty powerful. Um, I was say, I want to say it was part of Gale's quest line. I think. Oh yeah, the store you go into in Baldur's Gate Three, uh, the mage store. Uh, and but shit. once you finish the Gale's storyline, you can sneak into the back room, and there's a whole another area back there, a whole mini dungeon. That's full of like little puzzles, like puzzle doors. Um, and then going through those doors, I found a magic lamp that granted me a fuckload of items. So, uh, yeah, it's the Sorcerer's Sundries. Sorcerer's Sundries. Right. Um, it's been so two months since I, I was actually, there. before I even went back looking in the back room, I'd actually gone and, uh, uh, Met the mage who uh, who lords over that that tower. Um, shit, uh, what was his name? I'm trying to find it. He's a um, dick. I remember that. Yeah. Anyway, I can't find his name right off, but uh, he's the one who actually uh, put out the contract for the night song. Right, right. Uh, that mm. you end up taking taking in Act One, right? 
Right. So I went went there to meet him, and the right as you enter the shop, you have the option of going up these sets of stairs, right? Um, and this is well, actually, okay. Let me back up. So when you first go to the shop, you can you're confronted by uh, one of the mercenaries who originally had that night song contract. Um, and if you ended up taking contract from him, which I did, uh, you know, he confronts you. He wants his part of the cut, yada, yada, yada. I intimidated his ass out of my face. Um, and then I go into the shop to, uh, chiefly, I was actually there to, uh, to try to turn in the contract because I truly did find the night song, right? Um, well, you get there. And you find out that the wizard who who owns the tower and runs the runs the shop actually wanted the night song so that he could use her as an immortal battery for himself. Right. It's all coming back to me now. Uh, so I slaughtered his ass. I did too. Um, and Roland, that weepy ass fucking tiefling that you've saved over and over again at this point up, up to now, that the uh, basically becomes the new master of the tower. And you have an ally running a giant fucking arcane tower in the middle of Baldur's Gate. Yeah. And he turns into an ally at the end of the game, too. Yep. Yeah, I went through that whole but quest. He line. only turns into an ally at the end of the game if you've done that. Because it turns out he put himself in servitude to the damn wizard. Oh, well, he died. Oh. <laughs> I don't I don't remember. Oh, he ended up getting turned in act two for me. So he was um Oh, you let him turn yeah, he 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 ended up turned. I tried to save him by using uh, non-lethal attacks, but he still died. Oh, yeah, you're talking about characters. Minx is the one in Act Three that I didn't get because I didn't have Jahira. Like I looked it up mm -hmm. and I was like, "How come I can't?" Like it feels like I should be able to recruit him. I did the uh, try to knock him out, and then he became. I had mm -hmm. to look it up to see what was going on. It's like, oh yeah, I don't have Jahira. Um, I ended up getting Minx, you know, because I had Jahira. Yep. Yeah, I want to get Minx Same. in my next run. Um, and he's another character that's returning from the previous Baldur's Gate. Yep. He was in two, right? I think so. If I remember right. Either way, I mean, that's I think that's where he and Jahira met, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's been been a really long time since I played that. Um uh so did that. Let's see. We already all already talked about the House of Hope mm -hmm. and running into the hag again. Um did you end up disabling the steel watch? I think both of you did, right? To fight I did. Yeah, I did. It was um, I thought it was gonna be harder than it was when I got there. And my, all my characters were level 12 and pretty overpowered, so 
Like I did my best to sneak around and then ended up triggering a couple of battles while I was in there. And I was just like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to live with the consequences of this and just ended up wiping it out. Well, the part of that whole uh, quest line for the Steel Watch also includes uh, the the builders of the Steel Watch, the uh, the gnomes. Um, and uh, going to the... Um, uh, was it the Steel Throne or uh, or something? Yeah, I think you're right. The under uh, the undersea portion of the of uh, of the game, you have to uh, save the uh, the gnome's family that's being held captive, and and uh, in a you know using a submersible. Yeah. So you remember he's doing that. Yeah, I did yep. that, and I had figured okay. out that um, I needed to rescue people, so I ended up avoiding most of the fights. That took me a couple of tries. I was like, okay, so I need to get my people as far down as possible in all four directions and make sure I have people in the party that can survive solo pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up using the uh, teleport both spell. Um, I can't remember who had it. I want to see my sorcerer had it. Dimension door, you mean? Dimension door, yeah. Where you could teleport somebody way down away. And I used that to get tanky characters way down to the end. And then also used it to get people back. Um, okay. Along with speed potions. And I was able to save everybody that was underneath there. But Were like I played. save the Mind Flare. I was. I don't remember. I don't. <laughs> Does he show up as a mind flare? So, I remember in the Underdark, uh, if you did the mushroom, uh, the mushroom area. Oh, I didn't was... want to get rid of my illithid power, so I never went through that quest line. You, okay. Oh, the you missed out on a ton there, dude. <laughs> just because, just because you didn't want to get rid of the powers, didn't mean you didn't need to go run the find the cure quests, right? Now, I did a lot of stuff down there, but I never did. So I saw that he was trying to get rid of the cure. And again, I didn't understand the mechanics of the game that you're not going to ever get rid of the the stuff, right? Mm. And so, like, I'd already failed twice at that point, And I was like, well, I'm good. Um, this isn't something I want to do. So I talked to him, and I did a whole bunch of other stuff for all the other NPCs in that area, but skipped that particular Mind Flayer altogether. Oh, wow. Well... His uh, his buddy is a uh, is has got some pretty cool stuff that you can buy from for a shop, uh, but he is one of the only well the only mind flayer that's basically completely the fuck away independent. From everything. Yeah, he completely severed himself from the hive mind. So he's his own he's his own entity and. You know, and stuff like that. So, it was one of the only characters that, you know, at that point that was like, oh, you know, he's a friendly mind flare. Um, well, he if if you go through his quest, you know, his quest line, um, he said that he would meet you in in Baldur's Gate. But if you go to where he was supposed to be in Baldur's Gate, he had, you know, he's ended up missing. 
And, oh, and so he's one of the people that's captured down in the submarine. Right. And he's down, uh, he's been captured and, you know, down there in the submarine. Well, he's often like one of the far corners, like of, of the area, the farthest point away from the sub. And at a point during that, uh, during that, the, uh, you, you only have a limited amount of turns. Right. I think it's like 12 turns or something. I, I mean, so, I finished it with like four turns left to go. So, like, I th- if he would have been in there, if I'd have completed those quests, then I probably wouldn't have been able to get him. Well, this whole discussion's making me want to play again. <laughs> he has an ability that will get one person back to the sub immediately. So, yep. <laughs> uh, so, as long as you have one good person that can, you know, that can tank the, uh, the bad guys that are in his room, um, he will get you back to the sub immediately. He's pretty freaking OP. Yeah. So it was there was that, but yeah, I ended up uh, uh, clearing out the steel watch, saving everybody, and then having the you know gnomes fight you know with me to uh, you know you know to break out the uh, break the steel watch completely. Yeah, I ended up saving the gnomes too, and I figured out that you just had to kill that thing that jewel once that it just took like one hit or whatever it always make sure i had somebody with haste on them or speed on them and that way their second action was to destroy that and i kind of strategized around that making sure that I, nobody died getting their head popped mm-hmm. i yeah. uh yeah i did i even still had the option to do that and uh and disable the steel watch and rescue those people, despite the fact that I'd already squished Gortash's face in. Right. Well, I waited um, on the Gortash Orin thing uh, until I could have the best possible solution, because Orin had already taken uh, a companion, um, and in my case, it was um, Halson. Well, I barely used him. And I and I really was like, oh, you 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 got <laughs> you got my unused person, character. You got the least used character. If it was Shadowheart, I'd have been like, you're gonna die. But it was Halson, like the druid that basically was dead weight for a act and a half. Uh, so <laughs> I didn't end. Up, I barely used him. I used him a couple times. I was like, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, and I don't feel like specializing him, and everything he can do is a jack-of-all-trades. I can do better with a different character. Well, uh, Jahira is a better druid, so... <laughs> um, that, that is true. <laughs> that There's no comparing the two. That right. is true. Um, okay, so did that. Let me see. Was there... I know, like, I think if there were any other burning. Oh, well, there's that whole quest line when you go down to the sewers, right? Because mm-hmm. you're looking for the death cult, which eventually leads you to Orin. Yep. But, like, again, I think one of the reasons that I ran through so fast is with high charisma, I talked my way out of almost all the fights in the sewers. So you run mm-hmm. across a guy that's got a bunch of, like, creatures around him. I can't remember what they are. Yeah, the. Um methods or uh, the fucking yeah they're they're basically oozes right he's surrounded by oozes and then for whatever reason i basically convinced him that i wasn't a threat 
and then nothing else attacked me in that whole area, so I just explored. So I did almost no fights in there. Wow. That's that's why I was saying, like, I had a lot of charisma modifiers too, so it wasn't really that uncommon for me to roll 30 or higher without hitting a natural 20 in almost every situation with my sorcerer. My charisma was at 22. So, like, he just rolled through anything. If I wanted to avoid a fight, like, I literally just about always got lucky. Um, so like, yeah, that's been true. That was true for me too. So I, uh, but there were, there were some conversations where I just decided, you know what? I, fuck you. I could get out of this without fighting, but, uh, I don't like you. So I'm going to wreck your face. Magic missile. Yeah. My guy was just essentially a diplomat. Like he talked his way out of freaking everything. So there's a lot of combat that I completely avoided that. Again, I want to play a really low charisma character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll play like a a ranger or something, you know, <laughs> a halfling ranger um, with no bard and party, and uh, see how that works, you know. Maybe a ranger and a druid and uh, a fighter and a paladin. Oh, paladin's charisma based too, isn't he? That's why I was just going to go with. Or, yeah, paladin is charisma. Or, or is it wisdom? No, charisma. It's constitution, charisma, a little, yeah, and a bit of strength. Gotcha. Yeah, I just, having a high charisma, I think, avoided too much in the game for me. And that's, next time I'm going to go through with a really, really, really unlikable character. <laughs> <laughs> this like, I guess I'm going to do this the long way every single time. Yeah, whatever. So, okay. You know, uh, you know, for that final battle, other, there, for other, that- hang on. Other pivotal moment before before the final battle here. Did did you uh, let Will take the pact to save his father, or no? Yes, and I was able. I got to the point earlier in that whole story arc with Will, where I basically like un demon packed the demon right. And then she came up with special rules that made me have to go through it anyway because she found a way to yank me back into making her give me, give her something for saving his father, which I was really mad about because like I out crossroads the goddamn demon, and it still wanted to force you into a pact with her again. So I was like, fuck it, like this seems like the right thing to do. Um, saving saving the duke, right? Right. So again, I had to cry charisma, so I again out crossroads the goddamn demon. Uh and it still forced you into it anyway. Yeah, so Will ended up with horns. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, same for me. And Because you rescue You rescue Carlap, right? I mean, all of us did it. Of right. course. Well, That's why he ends up with the horns. Right, like right, I got to it, and I was like, I can't kill her. She's way too hot. Who doesn't love fucking Carlac? Right. And the voice actress for her is pretty good. Right. I I was not going to kill Carlac. She has some of the best lines in the game. And, like, oh, yeah. when you're killing the uh, the paladins, or the fake paladins in that little area right after you rescue her, and she, like, zooms around, like, going, like, freaking out, I was like, I'm going to keep her around. Mm-hmm. A very entertaining barbarian. Yes, very entertaining. Um, so yeah, Will ended up with horns for me, um, and 
you know, and he's and he saved his father. Um, did yeah. you uh did you send Carlac to hell with uh, Will at the end of the game? I'll get to that. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you um, what we did. Um, and what you did. Well, yeah, what I did. Uh, by we, I meant my party. Um, so we went ahead and uh, called her bluff and chose to chose to break the contract. Right. Um, and turns out that, uh, um, yeah, calling her bluff was the right call. You can actually call her bluff, and that's exactly what I did. But she breaks the contract, right? So this is uh, now, now that I'm now that you're saying this, I remember this. You break the contract with Will. Right, if Will breaks the contract with her, so she no longer, he's no longer under her control. Um, which basically says she says dooms his father. Right, but if you go to uh, go down in the sub to do the underwater portion, you can break him free, but. What she will do is she'll come in and basically all, almost kill him. Like she'll have, you know, she'll summon a bunch of bad guys right in front of him. And you have to fight off the bad guys before the bad guys can kill him. <laughs> so hmm. it's it, it's a it's a tough little portion because you're on the clock. You've only got like one, maybe two of your characters there, and he's weak. So it was, it, it was kind of, it was a rough little bit, but I was able to extract him. Yep. Same. You know, and she gets pissed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she gets pissed about that. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. But, I didn't care. I I I told her suck a tit. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, Will ended up free. It just changes where you free. So I did a little bit of research, and it turns out really all that does is, as far as impact to Will's father, is change which location you rescue him from. That's it. Right. Um, so yeah, I, we so, we tore that contract asunder. Yeah, I got that taken care of. That was that was fun. So, all right. So now we'll uh, get to the the real meaty bit, and that is going into that final fight. Mm -hmm. Um. Did the did the Githanki prince sur survive the battle for you? Yeah, I I went ahead and saved him. Like, and after everything I'd learned from the emperor and him pissing me off and not being my hot god girlfriend, right? 
like <laughs> I was taking advantage of him, but I wasn't like he continued like every step of the way that you, you know, betray him to free the prince, right? He's like, there's no going back. I'm still trying to help you. I told you everything. Really not a weird illithid. I was like, yeah, fuck you. And, uh, but yeah, I, uh, got the prince and I got the prince to survive that fight. I did too. So you got and, the prince and, and I got think the prince that, to survive. Yeah. Yep. Which turns out is Lazelle's best ending. Yeah. It made sense. Like at that point, Lizelle had grown on me because initially I didn't like her at all. And when she got <laughs> captured, I was like, yeah, whatever, it's Lizelle. And then I finally saved her and did the rest of the side quests in the area. I was like, damn, she's a badass. And she's not okay. nearly as annoying now. So going into that, that, that particular um, moment, you go in, <clears throat> you break the prince free. The. Uh, you know, you, you're basically told at that point that, uh, you know, to be able to go up against the Netherbrain, you have to have Ellison powers. Right? Yeah, you're told you have to have the yeah, help of the Emperor. Yeah, that's what you're told. By the Emperor, who wants to take control of the Netherbrain anyway. Okay. I mean, so, not that it affected me, because I already had them, but... I did, too. Like I, I said, just had it transformed. So I told the uh, I told the emperor to go get fucked. And he's like, <laughs> after uh, after you fucked, uh, after we fucked, and he basically is like, after everything that we've you know we've experienced together, you're still going to tell me to go get fucked. And I said, yes, emperor, go get fucked. And he's like, well, I'm going to go join the nether brain then and go fuck yourself. That happened to me too, but not well, after and, everything we've been through because we didn't go through those things. And and then the Githyanki prince is like, well, there, there was one thing that he said that was true, is that you have to have illicit powers to be able to control these nether stones. Yeah, I convinced him to be um, illicit. So he's like, either you, you know, either you succumb to, you know, I, I can lower the shield for you, and you become an illicit, or I will become illicit. I was and, like, fuck you. <laughs> I was like, go ahead. Be a sacrifice. And that's and that's the thing. On my playthrough, I had not been an illicit. I, I never used the tadpoles at all. I didn't have any powers, whatever. But when it came down to it, the one character that you know that was basically shielding me throughout the entirety of the game. Through this, you know, through servitude through the emperor, of course, was like, I will sacrifice all that I am and the future of, you know, and the possible future of the Githyanki people. Or you could take the ill of the power. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. At this point, I'm, I'm done. So I became Elithid. So at the end of the game, were you Elithid? Yes, at the very so for the final uh uh for the final fight, my character was an illithid paladin. <laughs> so if you allow the prince to become illithid, like mm -hmm. it actually turns into a good ending. Really? Yeah. 
I can't remember the specifics of it. Jason, you've played it most recently. My <laughs> my ending save was back in August. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, uh, I mean, at, at the end, if so, I went back and played that ending both ways. Um, if you let Orpheus, uh, turn Illithid, uh, then basically he, he's, uh, and he has survived. I mean, he's just a f- fucking tank when it comes to a lot of the ads in that fight. Um, and you end up, uh, uh, at the end, basically, he ends up ref- refusing to uh, return to his people in that in that state, and he asks you to kill him. Um, uh, and Lazelle basically, and he has Lazelle basically promise to uh, uh, to lead the become the new leader for for the people and. And continue his mission to to free the Githyanki from uh what's her face the false fucking god yeah um, uh now if if you've not completed enough of her quest though she can refuse and then um uh black left the the queen will end up being there with you. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of fucked up if she refuses. So hopefully you get good ending there. If, if you become a mind flayer though, um, mm-hmm. eventually Lazelle leaves you. I think at the end, at the, yeah. after everything that we've been yep. through, after everything, yeah, but not if you give the make the prince the illithid. No, they, she still leaves. I mean, her, her, you know, her. her I guess yeah, I don't she, remember that. She's she still leaves at the end, unless you, unless you have her romanced. I have her romanced, and she still left me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, I basically told. Well, her, I never romanced her, so I assumed that she left to. No, to go uh, do the fight without you because uh, because I hadn't romanced her. She she said, you know. So from uh, in my ending, I was I was an illithid. The prince basically said, you know, you'll be you know remembered by our people for your sacrifice, yada yada yada. Uh, and he calls the cell to come with him, and she has a moment where she looks at me, and. I basically told her that our, you know, there there is isn't a future in which we could be compatible at this at this point, and uh, he uh, was like, you know what, you know, she she just gets on a red dragon and says, I will always remember you. You will be, you know, you will be the other half of my heart. Yada yada yada, and leaves. I'm like, okay, cool. So now here I am. <laughs> an illithid on the shore and my romance just flew off to another dimension right yeah pretty much but i mean lazelle at that point i think has the best overarching story throughout the game 
um, at least satisfactory wise. Um, all right, so rescued him, yada yada. He's there in the fight. Mm-hmm. I feel like we had a major advantage because Jahira was there at the end. It wasn't oh. that hard of a fight for me, honestly. Like I said, mm-hmm. once I figured out I just had to get on the platforms and to get up to the portal so I could progress. Um, again, the key to that whole game is speed, right? I had mm-hmm. a ton of speed potions with me, like wrecked that dragon in one turn. Turn one, the second attempt, I wrecked the fucking dragon, got on the on the platform and wrecked almost everybody up there. By turn two, I was in the fucking portal. Mm-hmm. And by like turn five or six, I already had the, I was seeing credits. I was like, damn, that was fast. Because it's not that hard once fast. you get in the portal. No, the well, the sort, like I said, sorcerer, storm sorcerer or storm cleric plus sorcerer is god mode. I one shot the dragon with one spell. Well, I and am. then I twin cast that spell and then killed four other guys with one, the other, the twin cast of that, um, <laughs> Other, whatever the, what was that? It's the elemental orb, right? Because it does an area of effect. I had like four guys clustered. Didn't even worry about the tentacles. Like, killed the dragon, got up mm. on the platform, and then into the portal by round three. And then by like round five or six, I was done with it. And it's like, damn, there's a lot of credits. I, I absolutely blew the dragon away with my elephant paladin. I, of course, used a speed potion so that I had two actions. I got to and got in front of the dragon, and I just opened up with a smite. Well, the sword that I had was a legendary sword that was basically for, you know, it hit harder on large creatures. So that was a gargantuan creature, so it hit harder on that. Well, as a paladin, when I smite, it smites, and if it crits, it smites again. <laughs> so what happened was, I, uh, I used smite, it was super effective, it smited again, it also crit, and all of a sudden, the, you know, the dragon went from full health to zero. It was like, boom, a bunch of fucking crits all happen at once. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I looked back at the, uh, the combat log and I had done like 500 damage with a smite. Like, oh shit. He, he, he didn't even feel that. He's just dead. <laughs> and then my second turn, I used, uh, there was a, um, the black hole spell. That you get as an illithid. I uh, cast the black hole spell on all of the illithids that was up on the uh, uh, on the uh, the top area where the uh, where the portal was, and it pulled them all down. Yeah, so getting up to that spot when you have the prince and he's got all the illithid powers, like he just yeah. wrecks. Well, he does. I pulled them all down, and then my character flew up to the portal, went through, and just, you know, just wrecked the netherbrain solo. Yeah, I ended up, I ended up. Now, having been Ithalid for that fight, Rusty, did you turn back into your dragonborn when it was all said and done? Nope. 
Ceramorphosis uh, was complete. I was uh, I was an illithid, and I could not turn back. So my sacrifice that I was talking about was, I sacrificed everything that my you know my character was my nature. I was an illithid without a uh, without another uh, without a mother brain. Um, so at the end of the game, when you go through the whole like resolution for everybody's stories, and it asks what you know, you basically are like at odds with yourself because you were fighting to prevent illithids from you know existing in this plane but you became an elephant yourself. So you're trying to figure out whether or not how you could fit back into society and, you know, whether or not you were going to be able to be good and things like that. Well, when it came down to like all the other people's, uh, uh, you know, will came up, you know, will's thing came up and I told him he should be, you know, an archduke, you know, and, you know, so he goes off with his dad. And it gets, you know, and I go through, like, um, uh, Shadowheart. I tell Shadowheart that she needs to, you know, uh, you know, she needs to, you know, to work out her thing and, you know, basically push everybody away. But it came down to Carlac. Carlac is sitting at the end, uh, at the end of the fucking dock and she's burning up. And I'm like, ah. Oh. And she's just like, end me. I don't want to go back. She doesn't want to go back to hell. She's like, just end me. It's been a it's been a wild ride, but this is you know this is how I want it to go. And uh, when you're in Elithid, you have a uh, you have a, a choice. You can say, "Let's go to the hells together." That way, you're not alone. So. Oh. I go I go with her to the uh you know into the hells. I sent Will with her to the hell. Well, I needed needed to save her. I didn't want her to die. I didn't want her to burn up. Uh so she needed to go back. But my character didn't fit in the world anymore, so I went with her. Yeah, Will's Will's pact at that point in my game was to kill demons, so it made sense, and I sent Will back with her. Yeah, so... That was a was, scene that was added as a patch a few weeks after the game came out. Because apparently there was not a good choice for Carlag. She just... I think she just died. Yeah, that yeah, would have sucked. <laughs> I was really mad that I couldn't find any more things to do with the infernal iron like i had so much infernal iron i was like what the fuck do i do with this shit no they make sure that you have enough to be able to uh i had like you know, 30 finish your quest at the end yeah so did i i was like what the fuck yeah, do, I do with this i think they were just making sure that no matter which path you took you eventually ran into some yeah the um, like but I really didn't I, find a lot of use for a lot of the metal in the game. At a certain point, I just started selling it because I got really good weapons. And I, the crafting mechanic in this wasn't as clear as it was in Divinity. 
like divinity everything had a purpose and in this game that was the one one of the only gripes i had was like i don't know what to do with all this extra shit but sell it i took um <clears throat> so at the end did you choose to destroy the brain hell yeah take control oh, yeah. of the brain destroyed it destroy same next time i kind of want to see what happens if you choose to dominate if you, if you dominate then you're you're basically you know going for the evil ending yeah and i at that point i was too like i i went and did the self-sacrifice thing i turned myself into a monster to basically save the world so at that point i i had i had to kill it so i mean there was no other choice for me yeah, I chose Kilt too, and then um, uh, I sent Will with his father. Duh. Um, and I chose, despite not being Ithil, it still chose to go with Carlac into Avernus. Yeah, well, I mean, she needs she needed a uh, she needs a buddy because um, at that point she was my most heavily romanced companion, and I was like. Uh, you still need a scissoring sister. Let's go. <laughs> oh, those tacos. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, plus, I thought that was just like the most poetic. Are are you? Re if you go that far to romance a character, are you really going to just let them die? I couldn't let her die. It was. I I not romanced her one bit, but she was basically like, you know, she she brofisted me all all the time. Basically, she was like she was there, like I had her in her uh, in my party from like the moment I got her, uh, and yeah, and like everybody else is going to be fine if you're not there, right? I, remember, um, I mean, it was it was actually the best possible solution for my character because being an an illithid, I have a hunger for brains. And uh well, me being part of society was not gonna be a thing, you know? Uh so I uh I decided to go to Avernus where if a few brains come up missing, I don't think anybody will notice. So who did you like let take the crown or did you destroy it the the crown was destroyed yeah same here i that was one thing i was like i don't feel like i resolved gail's quest so i don't think i, I managed any, yeah I, I managed to keep the crown without destroying it and gave it to will to give to mystera or oh okay i was gonna say gail's quest is what i meant or gail i mean not yeah. will gail it ended up getting destroyed for me. I didn't uh, didn't progress uh, Gil's quest line, you know, nearly enough. Ah. Um, so it it ended up getting destroyed, which is probably, you know, for the best anyway. Well, yeah, at the end of the game, he was mad at me. He's like, I could have been a demigod or something like that. I can't remember. Right. But well, he was see, mad at me. He wanted the crown for the same reason for me, but. Uh, I was able to, I mean, high charisma, able to talk him into giving the crown to uh, Mr. and Mr. ended up 
basically uh, um, curing him of his problem anyway. Mm. Yeah, I had a cut scene at the very end where he kind of like walks up to me like a long time later and he's mad at me about the whole issue. So like yeah. at the very end, like he walks up to me, he's mad that he didn't get the crown. Then I had a Styrian come up to me and he realizes he's a vampire again and he's lighting on fire, right? I had um Carlac sent her to hell with Will, so like they could he she had a buddy, a battle buddy, right? Which is actually kind of a sad but complete ending. I was like, damn, that's good writing. And then um Shadowheart, like everything was kind of normal. It's like she's sad, but she's my buddy forever, basically, because that was who I romanced. And who am I forgetting? Halsum, I can't remember what his was because I didn't fucking care about Halsum. I I never really got a uh, a resolution for him. But I didn't either. Basically, yeah, when I chose to go with Carlac, all of the the rest of the uh, the resolutions for all the characters I hadn't gotten to yet just kind of like went to the wayside because as you walk through the portal to Avernus, you don't know what happened to the rest of them. So, yeah i I don't know who I'd romance later especially as a, a halfling but when i play it again maybe i'll be like play completely asexual well, that might be a different way to play it dark urge i i can't uh if i play it as dark urge hmm. i don't know so since i did this different so with a Styrian, um if he's the vampire lord at the end He's not allergic um, to fire, or allergic to the sun, right? He's not allergic to the sun. Yeah, so uh so of course he stays up top, but he basically vows to uh um go hunt down other vampires so that um what happened to him can't ha- happen to anybody else. Oh, so he turns into a good vampire. Basically, yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, okay. He would have learned something. I'm going to play like a, a semi-evil playthrough on my next one. You know, because I want I want to see what it's like and what, you know, what the dark urge options are. Uh, and I feel like that would be like a darker playthrough. So... I, I'll go with that. I'll probably play a Dark Urge, um, Dark Urge Warlock or something, because I didn't get the you know I didn't play a caster, you know, right? So, you know, playing a caster would be some you know something completely different for me for you know just from the get go, you know. So that's that's yeah. why I want to play like a melee character or like a. Archer, I had so many damn elemental arrows at the end, you know. Right. But yeah, this game, dude, this it sucked me in so hard, and I just wanted to, I wanted to complete it. I mean, there was a whole, made a fucking podcast about how edged edged I was right there at the end of the game. I'm like, I want to finish this. I'm sitting there, at that moment, I was floating around as an elephid, and I couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> I really wanted to describe what what was going on, but I, you know, I didn't want to ruin it for anybody. Um, but yeah, I just uh, just 
this game just definitely just is the best game that came out this year is probably one of the best games that I've played in this kind of genre. Um, it oh, it's easily the, beats out. It's the best uh, CRT, CRPG I've played. Yeah, it easily beats out everything that I've, you know, that I've played before. Um, and it makes me really, really, really want them to, uh, to go, uh, do like Icewind Dale or, uh, some of the other place, you know, some of the other storylines, like you've got the bones now, you've got the system in place. All you need to do is create, you know, is create the storyline and get the voice acting done. Like, but, but it's gotta be Larian do it. I mean, it's gotta be Larian. Like, well, Larian built the, you know, built this engine and got it, you know, get it all set up. They're really well, good it's not just the engine. It's the writers. Right. Larian's got, got a hell of a writing team. Mm-hmm. But the, um, <laughs> they've got the bones. And you could tell that they paid the, uh, the voice actors very well. Um, because yeah, Raphael's oh got God, the best voice the, actor in the game, in my opinion. I I was the most on every fucking word. Like even even some of the you know the random shit that was you know was said was well, done. I didn't skip well. dialogue like, like I normally do and just to, speed read the you know the the text. Like I just right. let it go. Yeah, when it comes to um, the companions themselves, I definitely think the the voice actors for Asterian, Carlac, and um, uh, Lysel were were the best three. Um, I actually think that the narrator was excellent. The narrator was perfect. Um, yeah, that was something I wasn't expecting. That ended up being in the game. Yeah. So narrator was you know. Uh, was had right, the right inflections. It almost felt like you know sitting across the table with a DM that was explaining everything to you. Like it felt, it it felt D and D. You know, yeah. Even the yeah, it felt like a campaign. That's why I right. think it worked so well. Even the fact that you know at the end of some narrations, it's like the narrator. She's like. What will you do? Right. Or I'm she'll like, have some questions. Oh. You know, she'll have like the, uh, she won't just make a statement. She'll form it, in a, a, you know, like a question with that, you know, that inflection, that upwards inflection at the end. Or, um, <laughs> or she'll have those moments where you can almost hear the tongue in cheek laughter behind her words. Uh, as she's describing something that would be, you know, just, you know, just off the wall weird. Uh, the I know what you're talking about. There's a certain yeah, the, whimsicalness about some of the way the lines are delivered. Right. So her name is Amelia Tyler. And uh, the, uh, the thing is, is she's got a very uh you know very good future ahead of her right now <laughs> because yeah it was one of the um, biggest games this year 
yeah, she uh she definitely made a uh made an impression. Uh I think I think she is uh I think she was doing some streaming or something like that of you know of a game or something like that afterwards. Um I'm trying to look it up right now as as we go along. Um but yeah, she was uh you know she, she's getting out there and actually talking with uh with the fans as they're going through the game. Uh yeah, she was streaming something. I think the uh there was also a a streamed version of uh of a campaign with all of the voice actors for all of the characters. I saw that playing their you know, uh playing their characters on tabletop. Oh. Yeah, I need to watch that. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of video there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, just about everything about this game is, you know, is, uh, is top notch. Um, like when we do a game of the year, we're just going to be talking about number two through five played. of the year. <laughs> right. Like there's uh, no question. This is a game. This is a game of the last five years. Yeah. The, this is a nearly perfect game. So saying that, so, Saying everything we've said in the spoiler cast, now that all three of us have finished it, and all three of us have talked about the differences in our first playthroughs, what would you rate this game? I personally, um, for our rating system, I I actually think this is uh, this is a four point nine. It it is nearly perfect. You know, we've pointed out some of the flaws in, in in talking about the game, especially the crafting. I felt like uh, that was just largely not uh, not really looked at, even though you find all kinds of iron and steel and other ingots throughout the game. It's um, for me the the criticisms of the game are the pacing in Act Two and Three is wildly different than it was in Act 1. Act 1 is perfect. Act 2 is pretty close, but pushes you toward, doesn't really push you out into the, out. there's not a good reason to go outside the main path unless you're just exploring. And then in Act 3, there's too many NPCs to talk to to figure out where to go. Um, there's a missed opportunity with the crafting. And I feel like the game is a little bit too easy on normal. Um... And I really don't like that the uh, the emperor is not your god girlfriend. Um, with that being said, though, everything else is executed so well, like it's an easy four nine for me. And I don't know that yeah. I've rated a game four nine ever on this show. This is see, I actually think that the whole twist with the emperor is one of the best twists. We've seen story-wise me. so in the game in a very long time. Like, probably since, um, uh, probably since, uh, um, Mass Effect 2 have we not had a story twist that great. I, I, to I, me, it was a weak point. I, I wish the big bad didn't have anything to do with the Netherburn, but, that being said, the way they executed on the story that they had was done exceptionally well. And the 
reason to care about my characters was done exceptionally well. Yeah. It's the, uh, this is going to sound like blasphemy, but the one thing that could improve on is, I think I said it before, like Starfield is not even close to as good a game as this, but the, uh, although I do like it quite a bit, um, the one thing they had that was to me a big game changer for quest based games is that as you overhear stuff, quest logs pop up to go talk to certain people. Right. And I think if they had done something like that with Baldur's Gate to not make you have a bunch of like one liner dialogues with a whole bunch of people you don't know have any reason to talk to, would have been really cool. Other than that, yeah, though, it like it's pretty fucking good. Yeah, it it would take some of the tedium out of Act Three for sure. Um, I I agree. Act Three was a little out of. Uh, it, it's a slog. It's slog until it gets started. Once you start exploring things and you run into the hag again, mm-hmm. and you have a reason to explore the sewers and the whole murders and everything else, like it becomes a lot more interesting. But the first like five hours of Baldur's Gate is just like. When I go talk to a fuckload of people, mm-hmm. and I almost right. put the and, game down for a while at that point. Yeah, and the 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 biggest problem I had with Act Two is that it, uh, as soon as you got to the last light in, it kind of opened up in a weird way, so that you could go to a couple different paths, and there wasn't really a good push in a direction. Whereas, you know, there was. Yeah, there's a push in a direction, you know, in Act One, uh, and you kind of explored along the way. Right. Uh, Things kind of open up naturally. Like you get the Hag quest pretty early on, and that mm-hmm. gives you a reason to explore over there. And then you get the quest to go find the Druid pretty early on too. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of leads you that direction, which then leads you to exploring underneath uh, where the spiders are at and exploring. Um, the hag area and then finding the fucking owlbear along the way and then running into the cultists that are on the path. Like all of those things kind of happen a little bit more naturally. Right. Because there's not a lot of NPCs to talk to, so they just kind of throw things at you if you go a certain way. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's, it didn't fit right with, uh, with Act 2. Act 3 was just all over the place. Um, not that it was bad, it was just it just felt like there was a lot of running back and forth or fast traveling back and forth for you know for shit that you know could have been tied together a little bit better um it's it's just way more disjointed than the other two x well, and they start you off is, with the big bad like almost immediately after you get in there like it doesn't take very long after the circus that you can run into the you know the next boss but the you know but on the flip side of that coin. There's enough content in Act Three alone. Yeah, it'd be its own game. It'd be its own fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it there. There's a lot of stuff there. So, I don't know. This this is very very easily um, a four eight four nine for me um, because it was one of the games that I you know genuinely for the first time in a long time looked forward to coming home every night and sat, uh, sitting down and playing some Baldur's Gate. Uh, and I slept like, five hours a night for a month to finish that game. It was, it, it was just something that I, I looked forward to. Like, I wonder what, you know, 
you know, where this quest line is going today. Uh, and I was able to avoid almost all of the spoilers online and just focus on like getting through this game. And it was such a joy. I had so much fun playing it. Uh, and I can't wait to play it again, but I have a, a rule with, uh, with RPGs is that I need to wait about six months before I pick it up again. Yeah, Otherwise I need to, I, won't I need to wait six months to a year before I pick it up again. I need to wait for that time when there's like fuck all to play and I don't have something right around the corner because got to play me some Minds of Moria next week and I got Alan Wake coming out for next weekend. So, right. So I'm, I'm yeah. thinking I'm gonna, um, give it about a month and then start playing third again, but I will take it in slower chunks. I mean, you could but just I get Game the, Pass, and there's like 16,000 titles on there. I think the greatest achievement of this game is that kind of uh, uh, overwrote for me how um, monotonous Act 3 can be um, was just simply the fact that playing through this game uh, Larian is Larian achieved the perfect aesthetic. It really f was just as enjoyable as sitting around and playing a long form D and D campaign with friends. It really felt like sitting around the table with your friends and playing the game. Um, and I think that's a massive achievement. Yeah. The, uh, the, I think the addition of having the, you know, uh, having the dice roll on certain things, like pop up and you actually rolling the dice, that was a good touch. Um, it can kind of get a little tedious sometimes because you're like, I just cast guidance and then, you know, <laughs> roll the dice and see what happens. And, oh, this didn't work out exactly the way I want to save scum. Um, the next one, the next playthrough is going to be on Tactician with Dark Urge, no save scumming. Live with your decisions, you know? I think right. I lived with the conversation decisions. And, and just, that's why I kind of, that's why I said a, a few weeks ago, I kind of want to um, uh, almost kind of want to start a uh, a playthrough with the with the three of us like one one or two nights a month like where we just decide we're going to play a campaign together and that could just be a that could just be a thing mm. um, I think that would be fun mm. maybe I'll think about it well because you could totally do that and there are plenty of videos out there, if anybody's curious, there are plenty of uh, uh, streams and playthroughs of people who did that um, on their first playthrough. Uh, and it's fucking great and entertaining. I think it'd be fun as shit. We'll let you be the vampire, Rusty. Okay, thank you. I don't know why you said that, but okay, thank you. I think if I we know, play at any time... I know you just wanted to be the sexy vampire. I'd love to play it with you fools. Um, just getting you guys to play multiplayer even once a month is a chore. 
So it would take <laughs> us like six years to finish that game. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I think about 150 hours. That's that would be about three years of uh, of, uh, of online play for us. We've played 40 hours of multiplayer all year, and I think uh, 30 of that was the week Rusty was here. <laughs> yeah, that's Probably. true. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, you're not wrong. You know, last time we played, uh, you know, we uh, played what was it? Divinity Original Sin two. Oh yeah, we got through um, a little bit and then we stopped. Yeah, we didn't get very you know, didn't get very far. We didn't really get very far, but I mean, realistically the the multiplayer there I don't think was as great with the systems that they had built for Divinity. Hmm. Possibly. Yeah. It might be a thing. We'll think about it. I'll think about it. I'll, uh, I'll you need to get you fuckers it. on Dark Tide before we start that. Oh. I mean, Dark Tide's always a possibility. I mean, so, there are a lot of updates to Dark Tide. Uh, it's fucking great. And if we weren't doing Baldur's Gate, I'd be talking about that. Anywho's. Well, I've got dinner. So that, that's it, guys. I think uh, we've said all we can to spoil the game for those few people who haven't taken the plunge. And if you haven't taken the plunge, this is the best $60 that you could spend. I mean... Just I really saying. wish you could say that at the beginning of the podcast because if they got through all this just so, to get to that $60 recommendation, and well, we, I mean, might as well watch the YouTube cuts. I'll probably point. put that as the tagline. By the way, we yeah. do recommend this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. It, it'll be there on the title card somewhere. <laughs> all right. So. I'm done. Let's uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up, Jason. All right. So with that, find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash real tiltcast and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends that get show. You've got uh, for the love of gaming. You've got bmfcast.com and uh, tvgp.tv. They've also played Baldur's Gate. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace. Peace.